the man of compassion. Before them stood a great open gate, made of pearl, hinged to walls of crystal, and so thick were those walls, that our tree fancied not even the tallest of his forest brethren, laid lengthwise, would reach from the outside to the inside, and before that gate stood two great angels. Led by Gabriel, the multitude streamed through, and the gate somehow seemed to widen for them. Now they could see, coming from the centre of that city, a golden light that illuminated even the brightest angel's countenance. And to the left and right of our great multitude came two other great multitudes, who had come in through two other gates, each led by another great angel. And so it was that three great companies converged. But what our tree beheld next was even more spectacular. A great and sparkling creature with four faces and four wings and tall as a mountain. In awe, he trembled at its majesty. Then he realized its top wings touched those of two other immense creatures on either side, and those beings touched a fourth, facing in the opposite direction. Together, they formed a vast circle. And each of the four-faced beings was approached by three multitudes, so that there were twelve multitudes in all, each led by an angel, who entered through twelve city gates. But now, outshining all, in the midst of the four great creatures was a region that pulsed with lightning, encircled by rainbow light. And from it arose a vast and icy expanse, and upon that expanse was a great throne, the colour of sapphire, and on that throne a figure like that of a man. From the waist up he looked like glowing metal, and from the waist down he looked like fire, and it was he whose glory illuminated that great city. Then was a great voice heard, like the sound of rushing waters. Now is come salvation, power, and the kingdom of God. Now each of the twelve angels raised a trumpet to his lips, and gave it breath, seizing the air with such force that the very walls of the city trembled, and the great assembly cheered, and their cries shook the city to its foundations. The time has come, said the great voice. I am that star that appeared to you in the heavens, and I am come to bless thee. I establish thee in Eden, thou diest with me at Calvary, and thou art chosen to celebrate the day of my birth. Thou wilt ever stand with me by the river of life, and thou shalt bear twelve crops of fruit, and thou shalt heal the nations. A tree remembered these were the very words spoken to him on the eve of Christmas, when the miniature figures on the piano had come to life, and the baby creature had suddenly become a full-grown man. And as he recalled that wondrous vision, behold, the same man appeared. Immediately the whole multitude of nymphs and angels and divine beings, even the four-winged creatures with four faces, bowed down before this man. Our tree did the same, though not out of imitation. Divine instinct seemed to guide him. So imagine how our tree must have felt to see that man, in appearance like a servant, walk towards him. In his hands he carried a simple wooden bowl, with water that sparkled in the reflection of divine light. He stooped to place the bowl at the feet of our nymph, who trembled to be the centre of heaven's attention. 
The man took off his outer clothing, and our tree saw a red gash in his side, like the cut in the bark of a tree. Then, kneeling, the man took one of our nymph's feet and started to wash it with water from the bowl. Now we do not know what colour a nymph turns when he blushes, green perhaps, or red, like us, but our nymph was certainly blushing now. Surely not I, Lord, he whispered. This is an honour that I do not deserve. And again, it seemed divine instinct was at work, that our nymph should call him Lord. Thy worthiness comes from me, replied the man. Our tree looked into the eyes of that man of compassion, and saw their infinite love, and he wept for joy. And as he wept, an angel appeared before him, holding a golden vessel, in which he caught the tears of our tree, and the tears turned to a vapour of pleasing aroma that rose to the great throne above. Having washed both feet of our nymph, the man dried them with his outer garment, then gently picked him up and carried him on his back. Our tree felt his limbs stiffen, stretching out from his sides, forming together a straight beam crossing his body, which itself lengthened into another, longer beam. A stream of images now appeared to him, the man of compassion is seated, and a woman kneels before him and pours precious oil on his feet, at which another man protests. Now a group of men are eating, and the one who had protested departs hurriedly from the others. Now the man of compassion is stretched out on the ground, weeping and crying tears of blood, while his companions sleep nearby. An armed rabble appears, and the one who had protested kisses the man of compassion, whereupon the rabble sees him. One man strikes off the ear of another, but the man of compassion straight restores it. A bird crows three times, and the man who had severed the ear is struck with grief. A woman shrieks in her sleep, and a man in fine robes washes his hands. Now is our tree in the scene himself. The man carrying him wears a circle of thorns around his head. He is bleeding, his back glistens, and he stoops under the weight of our tree. Around them are cruel human creatures, wearing headpieces that glare in the sunlight, topped with red feathers. They are like those creatures who cut him down in the forest, with rough hands and rougher hearts. They shout and jeer, and hurl wet clods from their mouths onto the man and the tree. The man collapses, and then our tree is carried by another man. Now is our tree being hammered and torn, sharp unyielding objects driven into the ends of his limbs. He screams in agony, as does the man of compassion impaled upon him. Another sharp object is driven in, as he hears the mocking words, King of the Jews! Now is our tree vertical once more, erected upon a hill of death. He feels the weight of the man of compassion hanging from him, a body being ripped apart, blood trailing down his timbers, and a soul in anguish that cries out, My God! My God! Why hast thou forsaken me? Death surges through him, and every manner of evil that can be named or not named, every murder, every betrayal, every disease, torture and destruction ever visited on creation, in blanketing, crushing, paralyzing, suffocating darkness, he knows not up from down, knows not whether he is dead or alive, and longs for death, to be delivered from this everlasting horror on the brink of oblivion. 
All this happens in the twinkling of an eye, a myriad of images and experiences somehow encapsulated in a moment. As waking from a nightmare, our tree found himself again on the back of the man who had just bathed his feet, but his branches were supple again. All was peaceful now, and heaven was watching in awe. Our tree was being carried beside a great river in heaven, and the river's banks glowed with silver hue, and our tree thought it must be the same river where he had first encountered his sister in paradise, though here it was much wider. And as the man bore our tree beside the river, the golden willows that lined its banks swept their fronds and bowed in reverence until the man of compassion reached the anointed place. There he handed our tree to the angel Gabriel while he scooped out a hole in the silvery ground with his hands. Then, taking our tree back from Gabriel's hands, he placed his trunk into that hole and restored the silvery earth around him. The voice rang out again. Now is come salvation, power, and the kingdom of God. And the entire assembly of heaven roared in joy and triumph. A tree grew to great size, or perhaps the assembly had shrunk to miniature size, for now he was surrounded by a countless throng who adorned him with every manner of decoration in every colour, like the decoration ceremony of his Christmas family, but of size immeasurable. From bottom to top the myriads dressed him. The host of pink beings adorned him with ribbon. The warriors placed upon him their great shields, and the angels hung from him bright lights of every hue. A tree looked and saw the splendour of his adornments, and his heart was full of joy. The sound of voices rang out around him, and the bright colours whirled before him. Finally, Gabriel soared aloft, holding a great silver star in his hands, to the sound of horns and trumpets, and all manner of brass instruments. And the splendour of Gabriel's wings beat before our tree, and the bright star dazzled his vision, and mingled with dancing swirls of purple and orange and gold, that gathered into a great sphere of light that spread its warmth upon him. And the trumpets mingled with a chorus of birdsong, and the majestic dawn stretched her pink rays into the garden, and the wings that fluttered before our tree were now those of the sparrow, who landed in his topmost branches.